Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning in to the show. Got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 47th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. First thing we're about to hop into today is the NBA. Uh, guys, just what are your thoughts on this young season so far? I think we have a lot of stuff we've expected. Uh, a lot of the typical heavyweights are fighting at the top of the league. We have, you know, Cleveland off to a really good start. Golden State off to a good start as well, like everybody expected with the big signing of Kevin Durant. Um, the Clippers always seem to find a way toward the top early in the season, but, you know, playoff times when all their scrutiny comes anyway. So I'm not worried about talking about the Clippers at all. But, you know, I, I think it's just typical stuff. I mean, Westbrook or Russell Westbrook's putting on a show, uh, averaging a triple-double now and looking to not slow down. Uh, you know, I think I, I believe I picked him to be, you know, MVP at the end of the year and I think he's playing up to that. So in terms of the early season, uh, not a lot of stuff that's surprising or jumping off the page. Maybe a few individual performances, but uh, nothing, in my opinion, really worth noting as something shocking. Yeah, I mean, for early on, things are looking like it's going to be a fun season. Uh, like uh, like Ty mentioned, the Warriors, they're, they're gelling faster than I think people <clears throat> would have expected. And that offense is looking nasty. They seem to be figuring it out and putting up a lot of points. Not playing a ton of defense, but <laughs> who needs defense? Yeah, <laughs> when you when you can score almost 120 a game, it's it's going to be hard to beat you. Uh, and then the Eastern Conference is is rounding out where it looks like it'll probably be uh, more of the dog fight. Uh, seems a little less top heavy, uh, but you know, uh, with the new faces, uh, we're starting to see which ones are working out early, like Chicago's. Looking good, third third in the East. I mean, still early. There's going to be some ebbs and flows, but uh, it's been interesting to see how that small team is shaping up. But they've been playing well. Cleveland is is Cleveland, uh, and Philly's actually won four games already. Uh, that's yeah. <laughs> <sign>. Trust uh, the process. <laughs> yeah. Although, although I will say Joel Embiid is better than I expected him to be. I mean, I think everybody talked about him being good, but he's doing stuff I don't think we expected. Yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah, injury yeah. was going to hold him back like crazy, but he's just a beast unleashed, a beast unleashed man. He's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's playing like a veteran big man already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he has been in the league for two seasons. Sure. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, anything else to add, Darnell? No. Okay. Well, just for me, uh, you know, you guys pretty much touched touched on it, but uh, you know, Westbrook uh, did have him having a good season, man. But just uh, some of the games that he's been playing, uh, I thought, you know, with some of the teams that he's been playing this year, they would get uh, beat pretty badly um, by him. But he's actually got that team just hanging in there, you know, to the final, you know, seconds of the game. You know, he's been having some close games uh, this year that uh, they've either lost or won. So, uh, you know, he's definitely doing his thing. Would not be surprised if he, uh, you know, gets the MVP for sh- 
MVP for sure. Um, also, uh, for my Lakers too, you know, it's disappointed them not getting a, uh, big name during the off season, but just looking <laughs> at this team so far, uh, you know, they got a hell of a lot of potential, man. They've been doing their thing, uh, so far, you know, D'Angelo Russell, he's stepped his game up, uh, mm-hmm. since, uh, you know, uh, all the crazy stuff that was going on last year, uh, with the team and stuff, I think really think the summer league helped him. A lot too. Uh, you know, he's been just developing during the player. I love his confidence uh, at his just young age, uh, and it's just the whole. You know, Luke Walton got those guys believing in themselves, uh, doing uh, just doing their thing. So, uh, really interested to see how this team is going to look uh, down the road. So, just really impressed with them so far. What do you yeah. mean the Lakers didn't get a big name? They took Mozgov. <laughs> oh yeah, Mozgov. How could I forget? <laughs> But honestly, this is probably the most likable Lakers team mm-hmm. since Showtime. Because uh, I know they've they've kind of been one of those like Darth Vader types team type teams where you just have to basically be a front runner to like them yeah. uh, because of them always just going and finding the biggest name and grabbing them. They're basically the Yankees of the NBA, but. Uh, they have a young team. They're kind of actually just building a team. It's it's kind of nice and refreshing to see from them. And like they're not going to win a title this year or anything. But I'm interested to see how this team grows. And like it's it's for once a Lakers team I can get behind. Yeah, and and I think I think for the first time. I mean, I guess you could argue Swaggy P, but the team doesn't have an ego. They're they're young. They know they're young. They're they're just gonna grow throughout the season, and you know, like Trey said, D'Angelo Russell's kind of stepping into a leadership role on this team. He stepped his game up statistics wise this year. Uh, he's scoring more, dropping a few more dimes. So it's <clears throat> it's really the idea that this Lakers team is turning into a team and not individual talent like they had been. Because he used to be swaggy piece to take every shot in the gym. Yeah. I mean, he still kind of does, but. I mean, I think everybody's trusting each other on that team. I think Luke Walton has a lot to do with it. Uh, yes. Coming from Golden State, really figuring out how to coach a team and bringing that over to the Lakers. I mean, they, they'll they be probably the most turned around team this year. Yeah. Just, uh, I was pretty impressed uh, with just Luke Walton, just overall, you know, uh, really wanted to see how he was going to coach, you know, because he was with Golden State last year, you know, like how it was looking like it looked like anybody could coach that team and they would be successful. So when he came to uh, L.A., just so far what he's doing, you know, he's doing a pretty good job coaching that squad. Yeah, he's definitely showing uh, the coaching chops are for real. And I mean, what looks like what he did with, Golden State was actual coaching. It wasn't just <laughs> Clay go out there and shoot and make a lot of shots. Yeah. Uh, he, this is a young team, and he has them with a 500 record, and they're competing in every game they play. They they have a win over over that one one of Golden State's only two losses is to them. So yeah. Mm. All right, guys. So uh, you know, what are your just thoughts on uh, from the piss on the Pistons this year? so far I think there's a lot to like still uh despite sitting at 10 and 10 right now uh just coming off a two game streak against two playoff teams which is really nice to see uh you know they've beaten the Clippers once this year uh 
you know, dropped uh, dropped their game to the Cavs, which would have been a nice one to win. Dropped a close one to the Knicks, which they should have won. Uh, you know, kind of battled with the Spurs early in the season. I mean, I, I think there's a lot to like for this Pistons team. I mean, when you, you just look at some of their, you know, some of their leaders, Tobias Harris is leading the team at, you know, 17 points a game. Drummond's at 13 boards a game. Uh, you know, the the missing piece for this team is Reggie Jackson. Uh, granted, he's hurt. There's nothing you can do about it, but he's he's kind of the emotional leader of that team. He brings the fire on the court. He brings the the swag, if you will, for the team. And once they get him back, they'll really, I think we'll see more win four, five game win streaks out of them moving forward. Um, you know, he'll be able to bring more points, uh, more rounded scoring for the starting five. Uh, I mean, Ish Smith's done a great job filling in so far. I mean, he's averaging six assists a game. I don't know that you could ask really for a, a lot more out of him. Uh, for me, it's it's kind of always been about Red, when Reggie Jackson gets back. Uh, you know, I think this team is in fine shape through 20 games. I mean, I like I said, they lost a couple they probably should have won. But, you know, I think Stan Van Gundy's really got this team in a good spot uh, moving forward, coming off a playoff berth last year. I, I think they'll get that again. Um just, I think Reggie Jackson's kind of the key. Yeah, I agree. Uh, basically, we're seeing them at 80% right now. Uh, and I think they're doing fairly well. I mean, 500, they've been uh, protecting home, 7-2 uh, and two at home. Uh, not They haven't learned how to win on the road yet, but I think that'll come. Uh, especially once they get their their floor general back and they have that more of a punch, uh, and I think that'll give them that boost because they're averaging like under 100 points a game right now. Uh, I think that'll get them what's needed to you know get with the better teams in the NBA, which seems like everybody averages over 100 points now. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know uh, they had they. They seem to be set for the future, and they're growing. Uh, I'm fine with where they're at right now, and I expect to see some improvement once they, like a week, a couple weeks after getting uh, Reggie back into the fold, because they, they'll have to get him back acclimated to the system and the rotation and everything. So give them some time, but I think a couple weeks after he's back, they'll be a much more dangerous team than they already are. Now, another big story about them uh, this year uh, is that they're moving back uh, to the D, uh, actually uh, Detroit. You know, what do you guys think about that move when you first heard it? I'm all right with it. (laughs) Yeah, cool with it. All right, yeah. I'm I'm five minutes from the palace, so I would rather them stay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But but, and also it's kind of Gore's kind of went back on something he said he, he kind of made that promise that they weren't moving and yeah mm-hmm. a couple years later now they're out basically so a little little disappointed in that seems like uh he kind of went went against his own word there but you know you make business decisions i'm not sure how well this actually works since the palace was already paid for 
Yeah, now exactly. He's, now he's going to be paying rent for his team to be there. But yeah. I'm yeah. Assuming, assuming he had his money, people look at it, and somehow it's going to be a profit for the team. So, yeah. We'll yeah, I mean, moving to a new updated looks like it's going to be an awesome stadium that they'll be sharing with the Red Wings and the uh, Little Caesars Arena. Uh, I mean, it, it looks great. It looks like it'll be a great move. Uh, the stadium, if you have not seen pictures, you can Google them. looks great. Uh, the finished product, I think, is going to be really awesome. I think it's going to be a great stadium. Uh, the biggest loser in this situation, though, is probably the guy who named the palace because he got free tickets for life. So <laughs> I don't know what he's going to be seeing these yeah. days. So I don't have to watch I mean, he concerts. Yeah, yeah he'll, he'll be uh, the biggest loser out of all of this unless they honor it and give him season tickets or something. But, uh, yeah, but in reality, I think moving down to Detroit is going to be – to an extent, I think it'll be really great at – at first before it kind of wears off and just becomes basketball again because yeah. th- this team will they'll identify with that downtown detroit identity i think the first year they're down there i think they're gonna have a ne- next year i think they're gonna have a pretty good season I-, I really do i think they'll play really well at home i think the fans will turn out i don't think <clears> they're gonna see you know down attendance i actually think they'll see up attendance uh i i think Detroit's going to fall in love with the Pistons again. Uh, and I think the players are going to reward them for that with some good play. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I figure, of course, it's a new arena, so they're going to have an upswing in uh, mm-hmm. attendance. But also, they actually they have a rising team that mm-hmm. people are expecting to get better and start moving up to the top of the conference. So I think that will also bring the attendance. So yeah. that latter part, I think that would have come at the Palace. I mean, what, mm-hmm. whenever they've had a decent team, they're, yeah, they, they turn out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's yeah. just, I think, I think the Pistons have actually had one of those those fan bases. People call them Fairweather fans, but I think it yeah. makes people get good teams. If if mm-hmm. the fans don't go because you're playing bad basketball, you bring them back by getting a good team. So yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, now, guys, uh, kind of touched on a little bit, but, you know, what are your thoughts on just Golden State so far uh, into the season? They um, are what we thought they were. <laughs> and a lot, like I said, a lot faster than I thought. I mean, I, I thought there would be some growing pains just trying to figure out how they share the ball. And early there were, you could see the deficiencies and they still have them as far as interior defense, but good God, when you just have a scoring punch where you got three people that are capable of putting 40 on you if they get hot, yeah, that's that's hard to deal with. And at this level, you don't when you're an elite scorer like Clay, Steph, and uh, KD, nobody's going to be cold for a long time. So. Mm-hmm. One, well, probably two of them every night are at least going to be having an average game where they put up 20-something, and that opens up the court for everybody else. It's just, yeah. it, they're a scary offensive team. I mean, like I said, they're they're putting up about 120 points a game. Like, the next mm-hmm. closest team is Cleveland, but they're still putting up six points a game more than them. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and not allowing much more, so... 
uh, have fun trying to out, outscore this team, and they're efficient. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and you actually hit the point I was just going to touch on efficiency. I mean, if we if we look at the newest addition being Kevin Durant in 2014-15 season, that was actually his best field goal percentage year at 51 percent. Mm-hmm. He's currently at 57 percent field goal percentage. Like I I understand it. I understand it's still early in the year, but I see him floating around that 54 55% mark. And well, yeah. and, and uh, ma- ma- mainly because he's he's scoring in so many different ways. He's not just relying on a jump shot now. Yeah, they've been putting him in the post and everything too. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean it's it's 6-11. <laughs> yeah. But uh like that was always my argument when people were just like there's not enough shots to go around. It's like this guy play he took less shots than Russell Westbrook on average. Yeah. With yeah with Oklahoma City like he averaged 25 points a game taking 15 shots and just whatever free throws he gets like that's mm-hmm. I don't think it's that hard for a couple people to give up three four shots so he can get his 12 to 15 shots a night where basically that's all he needs or if he gets hot you feed him but yeah he's not a what they call a volume scorer or anything like that he no. he's an assassin like, yeah he, he sees the if he gets a clear look nine times out of ten it's going in. So yeah. Well, according according to the stats right now, it's uh, five point seven times out of ten. So you know you know about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. But yeah, and and going off that point, you know, I think it was really odd to see the earliest struggler be Clay Thompson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I th- I think I expected it to be Durant trying to be too unselfish trying to force himself into the offense by being passive, kind of, you know, passing the ball and then hoping the guys pass it to him so he gets his shots too. And he was actually one of the more aggressive players early. Yeah, I was going to say, and, he's and, already and shown Clay, he's an outlet. Yeah, yeah, and Clay Thompson kind of took a backseat for a while. He wasn't shooting well at the beginning. Uh, but but I guess if there's and he he's picked it up since like don't don't misunderstand me uh, Clay Thompson is still gonna have a really good season uh, the, the player that I think has taken the most off of his offensive game has been Draymond Green and he's he's almost taking more of a focus on the defensive end right now uh, I mean he had a big block the other night to seal the game yep. so I mean if LeBron like <laughs> yeah so so my my assumption is that if Draymond Green wins defensive player of the year, I won't be surprised one bit. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's just kind of the beauty of this team, how they're set up for right now. I mean, in the future is going to be some work to try to keep them and stay under the cap, but I need to see more out of Zaza. That's well, it. That, well, that's yeah. it. That's <laughs> all I need to see more out of. That's like, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they do try to make some kind of move at, yeah. at the deadline to get somebody that's a better mm-hmm. interior defender, because uh, that would basically put them over the top. Like yeah. they, with with how much they can score, they still are pretty much the team to beat. Oh yeah, but but just like like I said, how they're built with they have this free flowing offense is pretty unselfish. Like none of them really seem to care who is putting up the points, mm-hmm. and like you said, they're 
their third option last year seems to have been perfectly fine with not taking as many shots and uh, focusing on what's already a strength. He, he is their best defensive play. Well, between him and Clay, uh, mm-hmm. he's one of their better defense. Play- he's their best interior player for sure. Their best rebounder. So he's he's honed in on those things to you know he's using his energy there and he's still doing well facilitating he's probably still their best passer as well so you know people are finding things that they think you're better passing than Draymond man no I'm saying Draymond is their oh okay I thought you were talking about KD okay yeah okay I mean KD's a good all-around player but I mean but everybody's just getting in where they fit in on the team and it's amazing watch yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, any other thoughts on the NBA before we move on? No, I think go Pistons. Know. All right. <laughs> go go Pistons. All right. We're about to get into NCAA football. Um, first thing I'm about to talk about is that Who of Them game versus the Ohio <laughs> State University. Yeah. What about that? Yeah, what, what other <laughs> what other two loss team is ranked number five? Uh, well, oh, all right. Yeah. Since I know you're going to ask me, I'll go ahead and jump into it. Um, the big talk, the big talk has been the refs among Michigan fans. Um, I mean, if you look at it, the flag total seemed quite one sided. I believe there was eight flags against Michigan and two for six yards against Ohio State. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can look at that all day long. Now there's all these, I I don't know if you want to call them conspiracy theories, but a lot of people have dug into the backgrounds on the refs and have found, you know, one of the guys was inducted into the Ohio Sports Hall of Fame, a proclaimed Ohio State fan. One of the refs was uh, not allowed to coach the game in 06 which was when they were ranked number one versus number two because he was an Ohio State fan. They didn't let him ref that game. He got to ref last Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it looks fishy and everything, but the facts are the facts, and Michigan blew a 17-7 lead, couldn't move the ball, uh, struggled mightily on defense in the fourth quarter. Um, I mean, when when I reflect on the game, uh, personally, I don't think JT Barrett got the first down in double overtime. Um, I I think he was stopped just short. But, uh, you know, when I talked to you guys about it before, you know, I told him the call couldn't have been any closer. Uh, I, I do think it was, it, it was as close as you were going to get it. Um, and, you know, personally, I think if Michigan were at home and the game was in Ann Arbor, the call would have gone Michigan's way. Uh, it's just the idea that that's one of those quote unquote home field calls you tend to get the close ones uh fan reactions uh if the crowd erupts it usually goes that way you know small things like that but uh you know at, at the end of the day Michigan had 5 yards of offense in the fourth quarter when all they needed to do is protect the ball and drive uh they failed to do so uh, they struggled to stop Barrett's feet in the fourth quarter, I think he roped a big like 40 or 50 yard run uh, off of a really blown assignment. Nobody had him. Um, and then, I mean, 
it, heck of a game, honestly. Uh, you know, Michigan came out firing early. Um, like I said, built that 10-point lead and just lost it. But, uh, you know, one, one thing I was surprised by, when, when the game went to overtime, I told my dad, I don't think I've ever seen this game go into overtime. And then the staff popped up. First time this game has ever gone into overtime. So it was already a historic game. Yeah. Um, and that just added to the lore of the rivalry. Now there's going to be the call and or whatever they choose to name it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this just adds to it all. And, you know, I, I thought Michigan was going to get moved after this second loss. It was going to be moved to uh, number seven or eight, roughly. And they got put at five. And I'm not going to complain there. But, you know, to to everybody saying, you know, oh, the refs blew it for Michigan. I say, no, Michigan blew it when they lost to Iowa. If you beat Iowa, that game, even though you want to win the game against Ohio State, that game wouldn't have mattered. Michigan would have been in the Big Ten championship game no matter what. So beat Iowa, and you didn't have to worry about it. Control the ball, make a first down, and then you are undefeated and number two. I mean, those are the facts. You don't have to like them, but it's true. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree with a lot of what you said in the game. Uh, as as we made made known, I, I go to the rival school, but I, I don't like either of these schools, so I feel I can be a little bit uh, non biased in it. Uh, but it was just an odd game to me. Uh, like I texted a friend of mine, I was just like, this game feels like it's, it's too big for everybody involved. Cause mm-hmm. like, I felt like both sides were getting in their own way a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Urban Meyer called the first three quarters of the game basically way too conservatively, like didn't, wasn't aggressive at all. And, uh, it's, it's getting to be a little bit of a trend with, with Harbaugh, but, Fourth quarters in big Ooh, yeah. games, he his his offensive brilliance seems to fade. Because mm-hmm. I mean, not not a first down in this game, not a first down against Iowa in the fourth quarter. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year against Michigan State, their offense faltered mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, and so it, like his he he gets a little bit like a little bit of that tight butt action when it gets gets to be a, a tight game or a big game. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's the issues on the field, like JT Barrett looked like a Division two quarterback for the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. And Wilton Spate was amazing when he was on, but he was also possibly the biggest liability on the field for Michigan, uh, mm-hmm. some of the mistakes he was making. Uh, so, like I said, just, just an odd game. It seemed like the – gravity of the game got to everybody involved including the referees uh there were some some blown calls i did think there were some on both sides but i think the game definitely slanted a little more towards ohio state uh it was in ohio state we all know how the buckeyes fans can be and honestly like when it comes down to that uh that jt barrett first down I, I have to think a little bit was like, we call this a first down and review it because I'm not trying to deal with a riot mm-hmm. uh, by going the other way. Uh, looking at the spot, I mean, I think it could go either way. Uh, it, it's a judgment call. The The biggest grievance I would have as far as the refs go would be the pass interference in overtime. Uh, 
I think I think that one kind of cost Michigan a shot at the game. But like you said, Ty, fourth quarter play and three turnovers and Ohio State missing two field goals. Mm-hmm. You can't put too much on the refs in that in that uh, in that game when yeah. there was still plenty of chance to win, but mm-hmm. there there were so many mistakes made. Yeah, you know, and I think biggest step for me was five yards in the fourth quarter for mm-hmm. Michigan. What what team in the top ten? I'll even say the top ten in a fourth quarter in any game has had less than ten yards, and I think Michigan would be the only one. Probably so. I mean, I, I mean, have I, stat, but I, I would feel yeah, comfortable saying that that's probably true. Yeah, and and I mean, it for me, it's just the fact that. Good, good teams. Look at Alabama. They get a lead. They put it down their throat. They put it down whoever they're playing's throat and don't apologize for it. And it's almost like Michigan was playing to hold on. Uh, They were trying to milk clock. Uh, They were trying to play a possession game for a while there in the second half. Uh, I mean, like you said, when, when Wilton Spate wasn't throwing interceptions, he looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and I think he, looked really good considering the fact that we don't really know what his injury is. I mean, yeah. if you're, if you're injured enough to not play the previous week and then you come out on the field, I mean, he, there were times during that game, he looked hurt, uh, you know, protecting the shoulder. Especially, yeah. Especially once he, I think it was like the third quarter when he took his first like real, like yeah. driving yeah. hit. He, you could yeah. definitely see it, it affected him a little bit. Yeah, but but to to his credit, he stood in the pocket a few times and delivered some big throws. Sure. So I mean, for for me, it was one of the ideas that okay, yeah, he threw two interceptions. Yes, he fumbled one at the goal line. But I'm I'm looking at it and saying he's he along with the defense still played well enough to give us a ten point lead. Yeah, and I mean, and, yeah, the the game I think. It, it exposed some issues with both teams. Yeah. Uh, and rivalry games tend to do that. Mm-hmm. Michigan still, like, it, playing against an, a better front seven, they cannot run the ball. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's just starting to show more. And when you become one-dimensional, and it, it was on Spate's shoulder so much because they couldn't mm-hmm. they couldn't get a control and run a game. So it was basically on Spate the receivers and the defense and honestly the defense, they, they got gassed by the fourth quarter, especially once the yeah. once Harbaugh lost creativity and they couldn't get first downs. Yeah. The defense, defense, they were on the field a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you could see him getting tired. And then of course, uh, Urban Meyer started calling some more plan QB runs for Barrett. His mm-hmm. confidence started getting up and you could just see, the defense starting to fade a little bit, and yeah, that, that was a tough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I think in my oh, I'm trying to think of how many years I want to call it, but I'll even say since 2003 or four. So what's that? 13, 14 years of cognitive remembrance of Michigan football. That's the that's the toughest one I had to face. That was the that was the toughest loss because that was. That was for everything. Yeah. Uh, and and I think if Michigan were to be in the Big Ten title game against Wisconsin, I think everybody would be favoring Michigan there. Um, 
I mean, granted, anything can happen. I don't want to say Wisconsin is a bad team. I don't believe they're a bad team. But uh, I, I think that was that was it for Michigan. And like I said, I, I still look back at that Iowa game. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that was a bad one. And it, it was another issue, like I said, fourth quarter where yep. you yeah, have more talent and you can't move the ball. That's, yep. that's an indictment. On, yep. And also, I guess this one left me, but. Harbaugh, you have to like be an adult on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, I'm I'm cool with him being fiery and passionate. Like I, I am cool with that. Uh, the 15 yard penalty hurt. It put Ohio State like the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's who Harbaugh is. You're not going to change him. So true. I mean, yeah, you, you, you give and you take. Yeah, you, you, you do, and and that was one where I think he was just so fed up, and he he had enough. So I mean, but not not it, the best time to take that. I agree. You have to know. You have to know where you're at in the game. Yeah, I mean, you well, do. and and the kids, they for the most part, teams take on the personality of their coach. Yeah, he started melting down there. The team started melting down there. Yeah, yeah, and and you can't have that happen. Yeah, I I won't disagree with that. All right, guys. Now, what were your thoughts on uh, this week's playoff rankings? Uh, I mean, the committee loves Michigan that they stayed at five. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that's the story. Yeah. Like, I'm feeling like they're like, – I mean, I think a lot of the country is hoping that because Michigan is – they're arguably one of the best four teams in the country. There's, there's no like nobody can say that that's not at least a reasonable statement. Yeah, and, and that's me saying that as a as a Spartan grad. They they're arguably one of the best four teams in the country. Uh, but I, I feel like they put them there. Like I don't know if it's just to keep up the interest because I mean people people are talking about if Washington doesn't destroy Colorado, there's a chance they jump them and. I mean, I think that's going to cause just all kinds of questions. That <laughs> isn't there already questions? <laughs> well, but I mean, if you yeah, put I, yeah. two teams from the Big Ten where neither one of them yeah. actually won the Big Ten, in, that's who yeah. that yeah. people will be calling fires left and right. Yeah. Uh, even, but I mean, it, it goes to that question of: Do you want the four best teams? Do you want to give recognition to conference champions? What's the difference? And uh, this is this is going to be one of the more intriguing uh, final ones next week than uh, that I can that you can think of. I know we've only had it for three years, but yeah. this this one throws oh. kind of a big wrench into things. Well, and, well do you? Uh, well, you, I, I'll ask it after you talk. Go ahead. Yeah, and you're you're absolutely right, Darnell. I mean, the thing is, this is. I, I think we're assuming Ohio State staying at least at number two. Uh, yeah. And assuming that happens, it's the first time we've seen a non-conference champion get in. Mm-hmm. So right right there already discredits everything that's happened before. Now, I'm not saying everything that's happened before has been wrong. I think in the previous years, the rankings have been fair. I think they've been totally fair. It gives a good representation of the teams in the country. And I think the last two playoffs have been well put together. I really think that. So this just 
means that conference titles is going to have no weight anymore. That That's not going to be, oh, if we win the conference, we're in. That's now out the window. Um, and I think that, no, granted, I think Ohio State should be a number two or three or wherever you want to put them in the four. I do think they should be there. I mean, their record against the top ten is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so when when I when I look at what they're what they're doing at this point, I think they're now starting to put more emphasis on the eye test. Um, granted, like I said, Ohio State has the record against the the top ten teams, and the idea that they're winning the big games, and when you win five of them, you probably should be there. Yeah. So, so I mean, yes. But the, so, but the question is, does does the eye test start to get you in trouble after a while, though? Well, is it technically not already getting Penn State in trouble? Because if, if you watch, did you watch the uh, rankings the other night? Like, did you watch it? No. Okay. They they were talking the the panel who was Danny Cannell and uh, uh, the game day couple of the game day guys. You know, basically they were they were saying should Penn State be higher? You know, does does Penn State winning the Big Ten championship get them in? One of one of the guys said, yeah, and I believe that was Danny Canelli said, yes. But then somebody else goes, yeah, but they lost to Michigan by 39. So granted, I don't I think the eye test is getting people into trouble. And I mean, you're looking at two teams playing for the Big Ten championship that the other that all the guys panel are still putting Michigan in front of. Yeah. So, yes, you can still be good, but you got to win your big games. And I think. I think if Penn State wins, uh, they won't get in. And uh, honestly, I think neither. I don't think the Big Ten champion gets in. I personally don't. And that that'll be a tough one to swallow because Penn State has the big win. Wisconsin has the one top ten win against Nebraska, but they also lost to Ohio State, Michigan. So I, I think it's going to be tough for both of those teams. But I don't think either of them get in. I mean, I'm inclined to agree. Like. Personally, I think what we have right now is what it's going to be. Uh, yeah. But, like, if it so happens that Washington or Clemson somehow loses, I, I don't – like, I, I get to look at everything. Wisconsin lost to Ohio State and Michigan. Close games in both, but they lost both of them. Yeah. Penn State got the doors blown off them by Michigan, but they beat the team to beat Michigan. True. Later, yeah, no, later in the year. So, true. so I mean, like in my opinion, like how does that not kind of erase well, that show that they they improved? I agree. I agree. I agree. And and um, that that was the second argument they had. But I'll, I'll jump back to the Big Ten discussion. Kirby Hokett, the chairman of the uh, selection committee, said that Michigan and Washington are very yeah, close. I heard that. I heard now. That. Now, the only reason I would say the Big Ten champion does not get in is because he did not mention either number six, Wisconsin, or number seven, I believe Penn State is. Mm-hmm. He did not mention either of those two teams being close to Washington like Michigan is. Yeah. So that makes me think the Big Ten champion is not getting in. Now, well, to, to your and, – and j- just real quick, to, to your other argument of, you know, they're not rewarding improvement – um, I would agree there because then if you want to reward improvement, look at USC. I yeah. mean, granted they're they're ranked twelve or whatever, but they're playing some of the best football in the country for sure. And 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 I think it's the idea that in the playoff, 
every single game matters, whether it's the first or the last. And and I think, you know, you look at like Penn State improved a lot, but that loss by 39 to Michigan is going to hold over him because Michigan's ranked in front of him. And, well, and, and like top. and like kind of like you said, unfortunately, the improvement doesn't really get looked at. But then you argue like to I mean, if you have to go like that, where you look at every game counting, does Penn State have a worse loss than Iowa? Then Michigan's lost to Iowa, even though Michigan beat them. Well, I mean, unless you want to consider Penn State's loss to Pittsburgh is big. Granted, Pittsburgh beat Clemson. I was, I was gonna say Pitt. <laughs> they're you know it's and they're they're at least ranked in the in yeah. the playoff rankings, and yeah, Iowa you know, Iowa's not gonna be in there anywhere. Yeah. Now, w- one thing I've always said is it doesn't matter how you lose; it matters when you lose. I've I've always said that. So well, Michigan's lost two of the last three games. Then cor- correct, and because of that I don't think Michigan should get in. I, I really don't. I mean, am I going to cheer for them to get in? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think they should be in. Uh, do I think a team like uh, USC should get in? No, I think three losses is too much. You're going to find better quality one or two loss teams, depending depending on what the season gives you. But you know, I think it's more of just the idea that if you if if you are good through 12 games of a season, you, you should be there. And we're looking at the one loss teams now one loss or less and that's who we have so do i think this is going to change no uh, i i i think washington and clemson are both going to clean house and take their titles and stay in uh and, and i'll be okay with that because i do think these do do i think michigan is one of the four teams yeah i think the argument's there but i think there's an argument for anybody in the top eight right now yeah and and just to go back, like to put a little history in there, I mean, it's only a year history, but you remember when state got in last year, we were five the week before or six, something like that. But that yeah, extra game, that extra yeah. game is what put them in the playoff. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder if that could also come into play with, uh, for Wisconsin or Penn State, uh, depending on how the game turns out. I know they say they're not looking at, They've they've said in the past they don't look at margin of victory or anything like that. They, uh, they do, but yeah, but yeah, I don't see how you how you don't. Uh, so if if one of those two teams just destroys the other and Washington or Clemson craps bed and loses, I, I wonder if that's a, a deciding factor to jump them yeah. extra extra game, just yeah. being that they're in the championship game and they put them in. And also, I think I would think that that committee wants to avoid too much backlash. Oh, I agree. I agree. Now, do you guys think, uh, you know, you're talking about just how uh, the season has been. Um, Do you think this would be a good time for the committee to get together and possibly extend the playoff to, you know, maybe an 18 playoff or, you know, or what? The max I want to see them go is six. Six. I, I would agree with six because that would allow for the first two seeds to get a bye week. Yeah. And I think if you are one of the top two seeds, you deserve that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree. I would agree with six because then it is still allows for the power five. Exactly. And then, you, and then you could argue for one of the non power five schools. 
Like, yeah. like this season, you would look at Western Michigan. Do they mm-hmm. get that sixth spot? You know, do you give it to the best non-conference, non-Power 5 conference team? Yeah. Or do you open that up to everybody else? That that would be the bigger discussion to me. But it was it was interesting. Uh, Colin Coward today said why you should not go to an eight-team playoff. He said, let's use the fast food argument. Who are the top the top 10 fast food companies in America or whatever? And he listed the top three being McDonald's, Starbucks, and Wendy's. When you look at absolutely everything, revenue, quality, things like that, those three end up at the top. And then you have four, five, six, whatever. And he goes, but when you start bringing, you know, number eight, you know, and I'm just throwing one out there. I forgot exactly what the list was. But when you throw number eight rallies into the mix, then everybody gets mad because nobody thinks rallies is all that good. Uh-huh. You know, so for me, I do like the exclusivity. That's, I mean, you have to be in pretty elite company to be in the top four. When you get to the top eight, then it just opens for way more discussion. The season usually plays itself out to four or five teams. Yes. And, and I think the season has already done that you know i think this year you could argue six the the season has played itself to about six teams that you think have a realistic shot of getting in but when you start looking at all right eight then teams nine ten eleven and twelve are all getting mad as opposed to right now just teams five six seven and maybe eight are getting mad it, it's really the idea that in my opinion when you start opening more slots it just brings more discussion brings more argument more people are unhappy so I like the idea of it being really exclusive right now. I wouldn't be mad for six, but I wouldn't want to see bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much the same reasons for me. I mean, it, it, since, since of course now with Ohio state being in the argument of what about the conference champions, if, if you want to make it, you win your conference title, you're in for the pop power car spot where it could be that up and coming non power five team like a Western or this would be that Michigan argument or Oklahoma or USC or whatever, just whatever that out, outlier team is that is playing better football. You think than most people, but you can't in good conscience put them in because of early in the season or whatever, that could be where you slide that in and do it. And also I don't want to, to go to eight just because it is football. These are 18 to 22 year old kids, and like they, some of them actually have a pro career ahead of them. That's just giving giving more chance for somebody not to be able to live that dream because of a bad injury or that that one concussion that's too much. So uh, at 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 that level, you don't want to make the season pretty much an NFL season at that point because uh, they're they're playing. 13 games if they go to a conference title and then that would be putting three more games on them if you pull it to eight yeah it's an nfl season yeah so you know and and i guess you know coming back to the idea of you know the six teams and say they were to give it to conference champions i think that just makes it a little more of a clear picture there there's it's a little less gray area it's more black and white either you're a conference champion or you're not um, and then the, and I would be totally cool. If one position being that sixth slot being the, the gray area. Cause at that point you're picking one team now, yeah. right now. And I think this season is kind of showing it all four spots 
are pretty gray. I think the committee three out of four. <laughs> well, yeah, I think Alabama, but I, I but I think the committee has shown that they can put in there really kind of whoever they want. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really matter what you're doing on the field, not doing on the field, because I mean they're still talking about Wisconsin or not Wisconsin, uh, Washington, still not really having the big time win. I mean, yeah, beating Washington State was nice. Beating you know, a couple of the other teams was nice. Beating, you know, Stanford big was nice, but they, they still don't talk about them, you know, having a huge win yet. They still, you know, are looking at Clemson and saying, well, they were still pretty inconsistent, but winning, uh, you know, there, there's still so many doubts unless your name's Alabama right now. And for me, that just, that just means that pretty much all the spots are still very gray. They have this outline for what they claim to follow, but they still just put in there who they think they want in there. And, yeah. and, and, you know, a lot of it plays itself out. Like, like we said, you know, if these teams win their conference championships, I don't think there's any doubt that there's going to be no shakeup. Um, it, it's to me, if, if you make it the six, I think you could say then conference champions. And I think if you're getting a conference champion now, granted, Big Ten this year, I do think is going to be an outlier for many years. Uh, it's the only conference right now where you're not going to get the best team out of it. Yeah, because it's the only it's conference. too competitive of a conference right now. Yeah, right now it's really deep. So, yeah. you know, the, the way I look at it, and granted, it could just be that year where maybe one of those teams would get a shot if it were six teams. And, you know, if you went to conference, conference champions, they would get that shot. So would I be upset about that? No. I mean, win your conference. It's kind of the goal for every team. No team's going out there saying, well, I think we can comfortably finish second in our conference and still get in. I mean, I think if you were you were to make that the definite criteria, it doesn't change anything. Hmm. The, only, the only thing it would really change is the idea that, you know, you could still be a, a really good football team and not get in. I mean, Ohio State not getting in, one, wouldn't be the end of the world. But if the picture were clear, it's still the same goal that every other team has. Yeah, and I mean, I guess just to to throw a little more gray on it from what you're talking about, like how how we brought up people are questioning Washington, which is basically just that pure taking a shot at the Pac-12, which they they are down this year, but. Even they're undefeated, so nobody's going to question it. And they've run the table; they've beaten everybody that's in front of them. But the SEC is down, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a little bit of doubt with me. Just wondering, like, are they seriously this dominant as we're saying that they are, or are they playing a not very good SEC this year? Uh, I mean, look at the rankings. Just as far as like we're talking about eye test goes. Big Ten's best conference this year, mm-hmm. and probably the SEC and Big Twelve and, and Big Twelve are comparable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the Pac twelve, honestly, I don't think is that far behind them, and neither is the ACC. Uh, I I think this is a pretty even year of football this year, so I'm I'm interested to see that first round uh, for Alabama. I think they luck out if it's if it's a Washington or if uh, Wisconsin, Penn State, or Michigan slip in there. I I, I think those are good matchups for Alabama. Mm-hmm. I, I am interested though to see them play 
Clemson or Ohio State uh, just because of how how they match up in areas where Saban is traditionally weak at covering. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, up next, uh, just wondering, do you guys uh, who do you guys have uh, in like the final uh, playoff when it's announced? Do you think it'll be these four teams, or do you think it'll be a change, or what? I think it'll be these four teams. Okay. I'm pretty much in line with that. Uh, I think Washington has the toughest game ahead of them against uh, Colorado. Uh, Virginia Tech is is a good team, but Clemson seems to be shaping in the form right now. So I don't don't think they're going to lose to them. So, I mean, I guess there's a chance Washington loses, uh, but I think we – uh, I think it'll be Michigan that slips in there then if that's the case. The the only the only reason I'd agree with that, I mean, if if you just look at facts, which I guess is kind of what I've been coming back to a little bit, two losses this year for Michigan, one against a top two team, uh, the other one coming to an unranked team doesn't look good, but a last second field goal lose by one, losing double overtime by three so you lose two games by combined four points the defense is the strong suit of that team everybody knows it uh i think michigan has probably the stronger case to get in mainly because they could say well we beat wisconsin and penn state which would most in my opinion would be most likely the team to jump them uh the winner of that game so i think they have the strongest argument to get in if clemson or washington were to fall Yeah, I would probably agree with that, and I actually think kind of the dark horse behind them all is is Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. Also, I mean, because they're playing Oklahoma State, so they'll have something that's fresh in people's mind, and it is a top ten yeah. team. Yeah. Uh, their losses to o- Ohio State and, and Houston, uh, two good teams. So they're not. I mean, they they did get beat down by. Ohio State, but they they lost to two ranked teams as well. So I, I think there might be a chance for them still, even though they're down at nine right now. Mm-hmm. If they were to take care of business like handily against Yeah, win by like a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh last but not least for NCAA, uh just really been kind of disappointed in uh this team's performance. Uh, the last uh, few weeks uh, to get ready to end the uh, season. But uh, Louisville, they did lose to Kentucky. Uh, do you think this uh, screwed up Lamar Jackson's Eisman hopes, or do you guys still think he got it in the bag? It's definitely more questionable now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he He's had a couple games where he struggled now, uh, and – there's been a couple other players that have kind of shot up and have had some some very good games that you can you can look at them now. Uh, so I, I I don't think he has it in the bag. I do think he's still the front runner, but it's it's not a sure thing to me now. Yeah, I would completely agree. I would say he he has it in the bag if he didn't have four turnovers. Uh, basically all he had to do was not craft the bed and he kind of craft the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I think this just opens up a lot more discussion. But I think he was so dominant at points this year that you're you're going to kind of blinders looking at his resume. Um, I still think he had a heck of a year. He was definitely the guy that took college football by storm. Uh, I won't be surprised if he still wins it. I, I would still pick for him to win it. But I think it just opens the discussion for everybody else. Yeah, would agree with that. I mean, you, you have to look at the full body of work. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think he has opened the door a little bit for like either a D.D. Westbrook out of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield's come on strong, Deontay Foreman out of Texas, and uh, Browning out of Washington. If he had an amazing Pac-12 mm-hmm. title game, I think he might earn himself some votes as well. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, uh, you ready for the pickums? Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, out of 54, Darnell's number one with 39. Uh, Tyler's second with 37. I'm last with 34. Uh, first game. Step about- the game up, son. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> first game we're about to get into uh, this week is San Diego State versus Wyoming. Who you guys got? Uh, I'll take Pumphrey. Dude's killing it. I'll take Pumphrey and San Diego State. Running the ball over everybody. He's having a phenomenal year. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts getting into the Heisman discussion as well. Right. Yeah, he, he's definitely been eating up yards. Uh, but yeah, I, I go with San Diego State too. Yep, going with them as well. So, okay, up next we got Kansas State versus TCU. A little bit of a tougher one. Uh, Uh, yeah, I give me Kansas State. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We sound so thrilled to be picking these uh, yeah. games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me uh, Kansas uh, State. Uh, you said Kansas State too, right, Ty? Yeah. Okay. All right, and uh, Temple versus Navy. I'll I'll take Navy. I think Navy's going to be fighting hard to get uh get the nod over uh Western Michigan, but uh so I yeah, I'll I'll take Navy. I think they're going to try and win this one pretty convincingly. Okay. Yeah, give me them midshipmen. Uh I think they bring out that fluky option offense that just nobody <laughs> ever seems to be prepared for and they they pull this out. All right. Uh uh, okay, yeah, I got uh, Navy as well. Um, all right, Western Michigan versus Ohio. Row the boat. Yep. Yeah, that's, I think that's going to be clear across the board here. Uh, 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 if if we're going to have make them the the state champions uh, here, uh, an undefeated Western Michigan squad. Let's go. All right, got Western as well. Okay, uh, about to get into the big ones, real big ones now. Uh, Colorado <laughs> versus Washington. Hey, now, Western Michigan is the real one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, Colorado versus Washington, you said? Yeah. I'm going to take – oh, th- this one's hard for me. Do I want to go with loyalty to Michigan? Do I want to <laughs> go with a reasonable pick? I don't know what to do. Um. 
give me Washington. I, I honestly think they're just a better football team. Okay. Yeah, I just, I think that offense is is just on all cylinders right now, and I think they they win this one pretty easily. Give me Washington. All right, I got Washington as well. I think they're gonna just pass it on them, and I just think overall they're just a better team. So I will be cheering for the Buffs though. All right. <laughs> uh, Chaos. Yeah. Clemson versus VT. Oh, Clemson probably in a big one. I actually think this will probably be the closer one. Uh, Me too, yeah. yeah. Uh, really? Virginia Tech is they're just one of those quiet good teams to me. Uh nah, I think I think Clemson's gonna clean up. Well, I mean I think Clemson wins it, but I, I think it's closer than most people think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Clemson as well. Uh, you know, I, I do agree with Darren. I think this is going to be a uh, close game. Uh, I think I, out of all the matchups, uh, out of the big games, I think out of anybody that could do an upset, I think it would be Virginia Tech. So, um, yeah, but I'm going with uh, Clemson on this one as well. Um, put this in real quick. And then we got Wisconsin versus Penn State. <laughs> Ooh, I'm... It's tough. Penn, Penn State's offense is looking pretty good right now. Um, I don't know. I like Wisconsin. I think they're better rounded. Uh, Barkley got, you know, shaken up a little bit last week. I don't. I don't think that'll affect him too bad. But I'm going to go Wisconsin here. I think I saw enough out of them during the regular season to uh, pick them here. I'm going with Penn State. Uh... Wisconsin's quarterback's been getting shaken up lately. And He'll pick it up. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> so I'm just wondering there. And Penn State's offense, it's it's creative, and they have a solid defense. Uh, I do think they're a totally different team from earlier in the year. Uh, I agree there, though. Yeah. James Franklin has turned at least this team around, and they've – They've wiped the stench of Christian Hackenberg off of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Who would have thought? They win this one. Yeah, yeah I'm going with uh, Penn State as well. Just uh, really impressed with that team. Uh, last week, you know, Michigan State was hanging in there with them. Uh, and then, you know, once the second half started, these guys just turned it up to a whole different level and just started balling out like crazy. So I think these guys are confident. I think they're going to find a way to win. So I'm going to go with Penn State on this one. Um, Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma. Boomer sooner. All right. Yeah, Oklahoma, they've been looking like what you, we thought they would be earlier in the year right now. Probably a little little too late for them, but I think they win this one. Yep. And they're also one of the only teams that plays defense in that conference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Still not Well, well, well some, somewhat of defense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going with Oklahoma as well. Uh, you know, I was – disappointed me earlier uh this year but these guys uh really start playing like the team that i had them being uh early in the season they finally got it together so they're on the roll so i'm going with oklahoma um and last but not least bama versus florida oh man I, bama I, yeah uh I think Florida is going to give them a game for their first possession. <laughs> and then Bama is just going to be Bama. Yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Bama. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that game just for a team with no offense to play against that defense and try 
their their defense is going to be on the field all day. So at some point they're going to get tired, and Alabama is just going to start racking up points probably midway through the third quarter. Yeah, you know, if my man Urban was still there, you know, I could see it being different, but uh, him coaching him. But, yeah, I got Bama winning this, uh, doing their thing against Florida. So, all right, uh, Darnell basically taking all my picks, so I can't really catch up to him this week. But... So change your picks. I picked first. <laughs> Tried that, man. Didn't I didn't work. follow you. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, anything else to add for NCAA? Go Bucks! You should have picked your picked up picking the same as me earlier in the year. That's what I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, up next, we're about to go to NFL. Uh, first thing we're about to get into is Tony Romo. Uh, there have been rumors about him possibly being traded. Uh, what do you guys thoughts on those rumors? Uh think it's true i mean probably happens in the off season but it looks like this is going to be Dak's show from now on and if healthy romo still has some good years left in him so i think they should do right by him and trade him to a contender all the rumors have been denver which uh i have perfect fit for him i agree it'd still be kind of weird it'd be weird for me to see romo at a different you know place other than dallas but you yeah know, but but in reality it's still weird to see him in dallas <laughs> like, <laughs> i mean even even last year you know all those cowboy fans wanted him gone yeah, they wanted yeah. him gone every fumble the field goal snap they wanted him gone for many a times and then they always want him back and then well i've, and I've been one of the consistent they, they don't want him yeah you i, they I don't admit yeah Darnell, you've been consistent with him so yeah, yeah and they, I, i've i've rode for him yeah i mean great he, he's still a really good quarterback not saying yeah. that they just are going in a different direction i mean they're killing it now uh not trading him would be a disservice him it'd be a very disrespectful to tony romo and i think uh the cowboys have a little more class than that so uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in Denver. Uh, I just like Darnell said, I think that's a great fit. They're giving him weapons there. They're giving him a good defense, uh, and he'll be able to. I think he'll actually do better than Peyton Manning did in his last year. Oh yeah, because uh, so, he still has a live arm. Yeah, yeah. And that was the year they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, j- just looking at it, that that's a great fit. I mean, no disrespect to Trevor Simeon, but who would you ride with? Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I I feel a little bit bad for Romo just because this was the year if they could have kept him up right. I mean, I I don't yeah. think Dallas's record would be too much different with him. Uh, I, but you know that's just the way the the side the coin fell on this year. But I mean, they're not going to keep a backup with that that contract on yeah. staff. So yeah, tra- trade him. They can probably still get a third maybe second round pick for him right now because uh, mm. i mean talent wise he's still in the top hat top quarter of the league talent wise probably as a quarterback it's just yeah. you worry you worry about the injuries building up but a, a team that's quarterback deprived right now which it seems like denver is like oh oh uh jonesy could probably get himself another herschel walker type deal where they can set the Cowboys up for years to come. 
another another potential place I could see him is uh, with the Jets, but uh, I don't see them making a move for Romo. But I think he could fit there. Yeah, that's that is another team he he could definitely fit with. Uh, they seem to be sticking with their quarterback, but I think Kansas City would be another one too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not the, the biggest Alex Smith fan, so I, yeah. yeah. The, the only <laughs> the only reason I agree so strongly with the Denver idea is because that team's already built to win now. Yeah. Uh, granted, C.J. Anderson took the IR this year, and Devontae Booker's getting a lot of game time, but uh, uh, that team's built to win now, and Tony Romo's a win now quarterback, so makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, just a quick question to you, Darnell. So you're a Cowboys guy. Um, one of y'all all-time greats, uh, Michael Irvin, last week, you know, he said that he wanted them to uh, lose a game. Uh, just what were your thoughts about that when you heard that, man? Uh, I, I just didn't pay it much mind, I uh, guess. He's used to playing on a team where, like, the, if you look back, the team that he played on, they really didn't have that many great regular season records. Yeah. They were one of those teams that could flip a switch and, like, once the playoffs hit, it was like, okay, now we're just about to maul everybody. I don't think this is that kind of team, especially with rookies on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if a team beats them and they learn from it, fine, but I don't think they should just – I mean, what what does he want them to do? If they're playing better than other teams, they're playing better than other teams. Like, they – Losing on purpose isn't going to achieve anything. Mm-hmm. Some team has to come in fired up enough to beat them. Yeah. So if that happens and, and they can fix some things off of it, but on the other hand, some team can come in there and do work and then they expose them in some way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, all the rest of their games. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the, the next potential loss I see them even having is to Detroit. So. There you have it. Yeah. <laughs> that that'll be that'll be their next loss on the schedule. Don't worry, Darnell. I already know what game they're picking to lose. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the uh, last game of the season for them, right? No. Or is it uh, second last. Oh, second yeah. last. Okay. I mean, by that time, we might be benching starters. Right. <laughs> hey, I won't care. <laughs> I won't care. <laughs> a- a- any any W helps. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, there was another um, uh, rumor, uh, speculation coming out uh, that the NFL might possibly be getting rid of Thursday night football. Um, what do you guys, uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I'm not opposed to it, or at least limit it, because it, 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 it's bad football, and I, there's plenty of logic behind it where you have a lot of the times it's, it's a team that's played the Sunday before and you have them turn around and come on a short week. They're used to having a a rest day, however their practice schedule goes after that, and film study and all that kind of stuff, where you shorten that to, to four days, three days, really. Yeah. And you have your walkthrough on Thursday. You're not going to be as prepared for who you're playing that week. It, if they want to keep it, they have to somehow figure it. It has to be two teams coming off of bye weeks. So yeah. you have ample time to prepare so you can actually get a good football game. Majority of the Thursday night games this year have been terrible. Mm. So 
And I think it's due to stuff like that. These guys, this is a violent sport. You're taking all kinds of hits, so you have less time than usual to try to recuperate and go play another game, and it, the play on the field falters for it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the best thing about Thursday night football is the commentators. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're getting the legendary commentators calling crappy games. True. I mean, like, we're, we're, we're looking at terrible teams playing in terrible jerseys, producing terrible games i mean i don't i don't want to sit down and watch a thursday night game between the jets and the buccaneers you know like that does not make (laughs) me want to sit down for three hours to watch football game like i get excited to watch like the patriots play the seahawks that's what makes me want to watch football but for me everything darnell said too i mean on on a more real note i mean guys have less time to prepare um you know it's just more contact on a quicker turnaround time. Uh, I'm surprised we don't see more injuries on Thursday night games than we already do. Uh, but uh, well, I mean, we've for, had some bad ones like that. No, you're that right. Luke Keekley deal. That was a Thursday night game, wasn't what? it? I can't remember if that. I, I, that may have been. I think it was. Yeah. So, I mean, e- either way, it's the idea that. The NFL is Thursday night to try and just boost their ratings a little bit more. And nobody, just nobody really watches the Thursday night game. People may tune in for a little bit, but nobody wants to sit down on a Thursday night and watch football because a lot of people either have a scheduled TV show they're currently watching and or find something else to watch. I mean, Sunday is NFL Sunday and Monday night. That's NFL that's been the NFL and that's what, the NFL will continue to be Thursday night. Just another example of them just trying to get more ratings and more revenue. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Now, uh, getting ready to, for the last stretch of the season. Uh, which teams do you think will step it up the most um, on this last stretch? I'll I'll tell you a team that needs to step it up. The Lions, man. I mean, they they're not closing this season very easily. New Orleans on Sunday. Uh, they play the Bears one more time, which should be their easiest game, but then they have the Packers and uh, the Cowboys. So they're going to have to step it up if they want to get in. Uh, I don't know how much more of this trailing in the fourth quarter stunt they can pull, but, I mean, they're working with it, so more power to them. But for for me, I think not just being a Lions fan, I think anybody aware of the playoff picture will see that they're a team that needs to kind of get their act together if they want to be serious about it. Because the these last handful of weeks these teams aren't going to give it to him in the fourth quarter like jacksonville has yes yeah i agree i think they're a team that kind of needs to show that they can put a like they can start a fourth quarter with the lead maybe because uh, i mean it feels like every game in the last three minutes lions are coming back and you can only ride that horse so long <laughs> Yeah, you, you have to show you can just beat a team throughout. I mean, it's exciting how much, like, yeah, their the end of all their games has been it's crazy. Like Stafford's looking like comeback kid right now, but I think they have to prove that they can just control a team and not mm-hmm. not have them lull away and let them sneak back in and come through the back door and win. 
Mm-hmm. And and I I guess if if I want to talk about maybe a couple teams and nobody's really taking notice to right now the Miami Dolphins are in the wild card. Mm-hmm. I mean I don't think anybody's talking about them. They've won they've won a handful in a row. What five or six in a row at this point? So yeah, so I mean they're they're playing good football, but once again it's still the idea that they're they're not well during this win streak they had they haven't exactly played top caliber football teams um, along the entire schedule so they're they're still a team I I need to see a little more out of in terms of the NFC the Giants are in the wild card they've picked it up from a very sluggish start Eli Manning and Odell Beckham are getting back on the same page they're starting to look pretty good but but teams in the hunt that I think uh, still have a decent shot to get in uh, the Vikings are one of them I think they need to uh, get it together offensively if if they want any any shots, same with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers needs to figure it out because I mean they could easily Packers could easily win out and get in. I don't think anybody would put it past them. Uh, you know, Broncos are on the outside looking in. Steelers are as of right now as well, and both those teams can, once again could very easily get in. The Steelers need to do a little, a little bit better job defensively. Uh, offensively, they're all there. They have all the weapons. Uh, they they have everything you could ask for and a little bit more. So, I mean, there there aren't too many unrealistic teams that will end up getting in. It's just who's going to step up and want it the most. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how, with with the recent news of Gronk having this back surgery, I'm interested yes. in how the Patriots look now for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, it's got to be for me, my Ravens, man. Uh, right now they're 6-5. and five. They're tied with uh, – what did I tie with there? They got the same record as um, Steelers in their division, uh, both at six and five. But I uh, really like to see the Ravens pick it up these last uh, few games because they got a pretty, pretty uh, tough schedule ahead of them. Uh, they will get some teams like they played the Dolphins this week. Uh, next week they're going to be playing uh, in New England uh, against uh, the Beast Tom Brady. Then they have. Um, the Eagles and then the Steelers and Cincinnati. They playing against their uh, division uh, rivals uh, in there. So these are some games where they, that they really, I really think they definitely need to step it up and win to pull it off so they can get into a uh, in a playoff. So I uh, think this is going to be pretty tough schedule for them. You know, just how they've been playing. Uh, they've pretty been pretty inconsistent um, this year. So really not impressed with some of the uh, some of their play this year. So. Uh, for them, from uh, for me, I really think they should step it up uh, for sure to get in there. So, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys need to step it up, Darnell. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've been doing good, man. I uh, just would like to see. They need to step it up this game right now. I gotta say. Yeah. yeah. What's the Seven, uh, score? Seven six. Seven six, okay. Yeah, Minnesota just made a field goal to both and one, so Okay, that's a good game then. All right. But okay, that's yeah. what you mean by a good game, but yeah. Seven to six? Well, a lot of defense, but I like defensive nothing, nothing games. So. Yeah, I'll say nothing wrong with that, but Tyler wants Minnesota to Well, no, Minnesota game. The, no, dude, the, the Vikings can just be a crapshoot on offense and Teams benefit off that. That's why Detroit beats them. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, guys, uh, you ready to wrap this up with the pickums? Yeah, let's go. All right, out of fifty-one, um, Darnell he's number one with twenty-five. I'm number two with twenty-four. Tyler's third with twenty-three. Uh, almost at five hundred. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> we'll see if we can get there this week. Um, Detroit versus Nola. Who you guys got? Ooh. I really want to pick Detroit, but give me Detroit. Let's do it. Okay, you won. Let's go. Let's go. I know it's a question if Ingram's going to be on the field, but I'm interested to see how Detroit handles such a high octane offense indoors where they like playing. Yeah, I'm going with the Saints. Me too, man. (laughs) Uh, You know, Breeze and that offense. and then whatnot. I think there's going to be a little bit uh, too much for Detroit. Um, Miami versus Baltimore. Who you guys got? I just don't think Miami's as good as their win streak says they are. Uh, granted, Tannehill's played better, but I think this Baltimore defense is better than some of the teams they've recently been playing. So I'll take uh, the, I'll take the Ravens. I think uh, Flacco and Wallace are going to have some fun and get a bomb touchdown. So. I'll take Baltimore. Not very high scoring though. Okay. I think it'll I think it'll be a hard nosed game. Yeah, this will be one of those tough ones to watch. Uh I I also just kinda have that feeling that my everybody's starting to hop on the Miami train right now. I think that's, that's kinda where it runs into that wall and Baltimore takes them. I'm gonna take Baltimore here too. Yeah, I'm going with the Ravens as well. Got to support my squad. Uh, you know, Ray Lewis, a lot of people's getting on him about him criticizing Flacco. But hopefully, you know, if anything, that sticks with Flacco and motivates him positively. So I'd like to see him go off this game, but we'll see. Um, up next, we have Washington versus Arizona. Seattle? <laughs> Oh no, you're right, Washington. I'm thinking. I, I was looking ahead. My fault. Um, Kirk Cousins is slinging the ball. Give me uh, Captain Kirk and the skins. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Washington here too, just because Arizona. I don't know what to make of them outside of outside of Dave and Fitzgerald. Uh, nobody's consistent on that team. So yeah, give, including give the de- including the defense. Yeah. Which was a strong suit. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm going Washington. I, I think they get carved up by Cousins probably. All right. Yeah, I'm going with Washington as well. Just really impressed with uh, Kirk Cousins' uh, play this year. Uh, you know, especially last week against Dallas, man. Even though they lost, man, that dude has some great numbers. So I'm going to go with uh, Captain Kirk, as uh, Tyler says. And uh, we got Carolina versus Seattle next. All right, Seattle. And uh, I think I jumped the gun. I want to pick them. So, <laughs> yeah, it already seems like Seattle's coming in this game, kind of fired up. Uh, yeah, Richard Sherman with Richard the Sherman. talks. Yeah. yeah, taking some shots at the Cam. I think they're coming in this one with a chip on their shoulder. So, uh, give me Seattle. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Seattle as well, man. Uh, I like the uh, trash talk already about Sherman. You know, hopefully this uh, fires Cam up and it'll just be a good game just to watch. So, and last but not least, Houston versus Green Bay. 
I'm going to take the Packers here. I don't think Houston has enough to offer offensively. Uh, defensively, they're there. Uh, just I don't think Brock Osweiler's loading up the contract at home. I don't see him doing it this week. Yeah, two underachieving teams playing each other. I mean, I just don't think Houston's good, and Green Bay is just confusing. Uh, <laughs> but I'll just – go with the better quarterback here and and take Green Bay just because, I mean, yeah, Wilder's been a waste of a contract. So, uh, let, go with the Pack. Yeah, I'm going with the Packers as well. Uh, you know, like you said, Darnell, two underachieving teams, but uh, I think uh, the Packers, they got a lot more potential than uh, Houston. So, I'm going to go with uh, Packers on this one uh, as well. So, well, how it looks, you know, either way, uh Darnell's going to have the lead. We all picked the same team. So, Darnell's still <laughs> well, on my picks again. So, I, I picked Detroit. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, so I'll be getting one back this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be getting one back this week. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, you guys have any other uh, final thoughts, you know, whether NFL, NBA, whatever? I did have one question for y'all. Okay. I'm like I, th- I think we're all together and thinking it's pretty much Alabama versus everybody. Mm-hmm. Who uh, who do you think? I mean, even if it's not one in the top four, what team do you think has the best chance of beating them? I I I can't remember if I uh, shared this with you guys when I saw you close to Thanksgiving, but I honestly think Washington can. Um, I think Washington does not have a conservative game plan. It really any point unless they're up 40 uh i think they throw the ball well enough to where they can sling it around that alabama defense pick up the pace a little bit um i think they play aggressively enough on both sides of the ball where they could you know run a few schemes or some trickery and move the ball or stop stop the ball Uh, i i think where washington would falter a bit is if Jalen Hurts beats him with his feet. Um, granted, a scrambling quarterback's tough at any point, but I think uh, just offensively and defensively, the aggressiveness of Washington is there. Uh, and like I said, I think Browning's arm is good enough to sling the ball around on on Alabama. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I would have uh, Washington as well, you know, just with uh... – just, I think one, think Washington, you know, I think that's a team a lot of people are kind of looking over a little bit. Uh, but that uh, offense, just how they pass the ball, I would say Washington. But number two, uh, just because of uh, Urban Meyer, I would say uh, Ohio State, uh, him and Saban, they always, uh, whenever they play, they both, they're two and two versus each other. Uh, I think you give them about a month or whatever it is, uh, time to prepare for each other. I think they both can come up with a uh, game plan for each other that make the game really close. Yeah. And uh, they could both find a – both uh, coaches will find a way uh, – could find a way to possibly win out of those two. So. Yeah. But, see, I personally would disagree with that Ohio State pick. I, I don't I haven't seen enough out of Ohio State really as of late. Um, I understand, you know, it's the end of the year. Players are banged up. This will give them some time to rest. But if they see each other in the national championship game, you best know I think Alabama's going to win that game pretty handily. That's fair. Uh, I mean, I, my number two team is the same as Trey's. I think it's it's Ohio State, but number one, I still think it's, it's Clemson. 
Uh, and, and that's fair. Clemson? Okay. Yeah, they're they're not as strong defensively as they were last year, but Saban, his, his Achilles heel has always been a mobile quarterback. Like, but the thing Auburn's to, times beating them. Yeah. The and, thing that I was thinking Ohio State last beat them. Yeah. The thing that I was think that would help them a little bit, they kinda got a quarterback now that could scramble. So uh That's, they, like I said, I don't I don't I'm not favoring any team in the country over them. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying I, I just think yeah. You know, that yeah, they they can level the playing field because they they ha- both both of those teams have quarterbacks that if if uh, the corners and safeties get their backs turned and they they get a good pocket around them, mm-hmm. they can break out and gash you for fifteen twenty yards here and there. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and and Ohio State has a weapon like Samuel that you can put in the backfield, put on the outside, and and. Put, put them in the option game with them, and I, I think that can be be scary uh, for Ohio State side. Yeah, yeah. Why and and why I would say Clemson over Ohio State is because I think Deshaun Watson is just a better quarterback. Yeah, exactly. uh, he's he's throwing sure. the ball a lot better. He's actual dual threat. I mean, if you <laughs> if you've seen JT Barrett at all this year, outside of that Oklahoma game, he hasn't exactly thrown the ball really well. Yeah. yeah, he's beaten more teams with his feet. So what? What Alabama? What I think Alabama would do is just force him to throw the ball, collapse the pocket, force him, you know, either force him to really make a play with his feet, or force him to step up in the pocket and try to make throws. Yeah. yeah, one thing uh, Urban would have to do with Ohio State though is uh, give JT confidence to throw the ball deep, because if Alabama just focuses yeah. on a short pass and then you know they gotta contain him. And they don't got to worry about the deep, uh, deep ball. Then I think that would be huge in Alabama's favor. If the only thing they got to worry about is you know, five to ten yard passes from. So, well, for either team, I think it would be about keeping a clean pocket for the quarterback, which yeah. mm-hmm. is is hard to do against that defense. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anything else, guys? That should be it. All right, uh, as always, guys, appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh, you can feel free to follow us on Twitter um, at DKM underscore cast. Um, also, you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, SoundCloud. Uh, just hit us up at uh, Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. Uh, we should pop up somewhere. Also, feel free to check out my cousin uh, if you're interested in cars, his YouTube channel, um, The Black Scat Pack. Uh, that's about it, guys. As always, appreciate y'all for tuning in. Peace.